Hey everyone, it's Bodcast producer Victor. Thank you for joining us once again for Season 1, Episode 2 of Bodcast. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Go ahead and subscribe so that you automatically get new episodes. And please share with your friends. If you'd like to help us keep the lights on and the caffeine flowing, you can go to the support page of our website, which is bodcast.com, or you can go to patreon.com slash bodcast. Take it away, Harper. Hey friends, Harper here. We at Bodcast want your experience to titillate, not trigger. Since we deal with some heavy themes alongside our thrills, we would like to offer a content warning for the following topics. PTSD, depictions of emotional and mental abuse in flashback form, discussion of emotional and mental abuse, discussion of misappropriated kink practices, adult language, and adult content. A comprehensive list of this episode's potential triggers can be found in the show notes. On a more positive note, we would like to offer the following disclaimer. Bodcast contains scenes of graphic sexuality and safe kink praxis. If you are interested in learning more about kink and the BDSM lifestyle, you can follow us here for supplemental educational materials, or you can head to the web. Please, research activities before you try them, and as always, keep it safe, sane, and consensual. Previously on Bodcast, Evie Dresden's car broke down at the worst possible intersection in town. Shit like this only happens when it's raining. Not only did the dark and dreamy Caleb Finn come to her rescue and offer her a ride to work. I'd like to offer my assistance. He's too pretty. I'm going to throw up. He also asked her out on a date. Have dinner with me tonight. After her shift at the Fireside Cafe, Evie received a visit from an old friend, Tessa. I've been calling you for hours. Who revealed that Caleb is a highly respected dominant in the local kink scene. Caleb Finn might be too much too soon. Evie refuses to repeat the mistakes of her past kink relationship, but Caleb's pull is inexorable. It has to be fake. Shit like this doesn't happen when it's raining. Bodcast, Episode 2. Mr. Darcy and His 900 Handkerchiefs. Starring Janine D. Gardner and Warren Edwards. Written by Harper Mitchell. Directed by Melissa Peterson. Produced and engineered by Victor Peterson. With music by Roxy Winter. I got the coat. It's so chic. And wholly unnecessary. Your winter coat is... Serviceable. It's a mess. It's purple tweed. It's practically fancy. The lining is shredded, and Declan's has a dress code. Speaking of dress... No. What? She's trying to weasel out of wearing the red one, which as far as I'm concerned is the only one. Couldn't I just wear the black one? Red. Red. But the red is so... Sexy? The black one is sexy... It's practically backless. Red. Red. Where's Ruthie tonight? Yeah, she'll be sad she missed this. She's at her mom's for dinner. Why does it have to be this one? I, I hardly fit into it. Then why did you buy it? Impulse! Ugh.
I thought the neckline made my boobs look like a heart. Oh. I'm going to freeze to death. That's why I brought you my coat. Someone zip me. How bad is it? Hello, Evie. Yup. I'm gay. Let me see. Do I look like a whore? Don't slut shame. You look incredible. Nat's not wrong. Plus, I'm pretty sure when you look this expensive, it's call girl. Ooh, good point. I don't know why I told either one of you about this. Besides, given his proclivities, why not look like a whore? Does that mean I can change? No. No! No. I'm officially trying too hard. Not at all. You're stunning. Keep the coat. I got a new one a few weeks ago, and this one barely buttons over my Montana-sized ass. Just relax. Don't be nervous. You're going to have a great time. He might not even mention lifestyle stuff. And if he does, at least you know what he's talking about. You guys are stressing me out. My cab is here. Where's my clutch? Here. Oh, I can't forget his... Oh, perfect. Mr. Darcy and his 900 handkerchiefs. Okay. Check your teeth for lipstick. And call us if you need a pickup. Thank you. How do I manage that every single time? Talk like I eat a bunch of Red Royal icing. Good evening. Hello. Come inside. <laughs> What's funny? Nothing. Don't lie. You make me dizzy when you talk like that. Oh, sexy gravel. <laughs> you say what you want and expect me to say yes. Expect? No. Not yet. Jesus Christ, he makes me stupid. After you. Mr. Finn, it's so good to see you as always. Thank you. You as well. Your usual table is ready. I was immediately grateful that Tessa had forced me to borrow her fabulous, stupid, expensive coat because everyone in Declan's was fancy as fuck and I perpetually resided at the corner of poor and poorly dressed. I wanted the floor to open up, swallow me down, and deposit me in whatever circle of hell they reserved for imposters. Ma'am? And thank God I took a cab because this hostess clearly wants to slash my tires. May I take your coat? Mm-hmm. Allow me. Thank you. Well, that's quite a dress. I was accustomed to attention-seeking garments. Shocking bits of lace, silk, and leather. Negligees with cleverly placed buttons and holes. I was unfazed by most alluring ensembles. But nothing could have prepared me for the revelation of Evie Dresden in evening wear. She had a distracting collarbone. Earlier that day, in the rain, her threadbare sweater fell from her shoulders, accentuating that enticing curve. But the scarlet satin painted over her figure, the spilling pile of curls at the nape of her neck, it all drew my eye to that insistent jut of bone and skin. The thought of black leather buckled just there. Get a grip, Finn. 
What was that? I'm just clearing my throat. Please, don't hesitate to let us know if you need anything. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Mr. Finn. Are they always like that with you? Who's they? The people here... Never mind. What? What? You keep looking at me like that. I apologize for the intense perusal. It's inappropriate for me to leer. You look absolutely stunning. Are you uncomfortable? See? I ask questions. You did that on purpose. And yes, I am a little uncomfortable. Why is that? When you look at me like that, I... You what? As she gulped her water, my gaze dropped to her throat once again, following the lines of an onyx choker. It reminded me of a day collar, a decorative, discreet accessory for a submissive to remember a dominant even when they weren't together. I found myself gulping too. Evie, you what? When you look at me like that, I wonder what you're thinking. That's not all, though. No, it's not. What else? I wonder what you want to do to me. Your wine list. Do you have a preference? Whatever you'd like. Mm. There was, of course, still the chance that I could be wrong, but Evie Dresden slowly showed me piece after piece of evidence that we might suit. Intimately. The Sasakaya. Very good, sir. Thank you. The curtains are a nice touch. I appreciate the privacy. The intimacy. I'd still like to pay for your dry cleaning. I had no idea what she was talking about. In truth, I was grappling to drag my brain from the sexual haze that had descended the moment she rolled her window down in the intersection. Trust is the foundation for a healthy DS relationship, and trust was earned over conversations about safe words and hard limits, establishing boundaries. Not one conversation over dinner after pushing a car out of the road, but I wanted to drag her across the table, spank her mercilessly, and then fuck her into oblivion. Are you alright? I'm fine. Just a little distracted. I have your other handkerchief. I would think you'd have them monogrammed. I know my initials. I don't see the purpose. Maybe, but uh, some clean embroidery in the corners would be very sophisticated. You embroider, then? I do. A pastime, though I haven't had the opportunity to do it much lately. My mom taught me. I stitched my initials on my apron at Fireside. I noticed that. You're very talented. I'd certainly like you to embroider a handkerchief for me. There you go again, issuing commands. That wasn't a command. Oh, really? Yes. I would never give a command with so little discussion, but when I give one, you'll know it. You've left little room for reply, even if I did know what to say to that. I couldn't help but think about Jacob in that moment. It had been so long since I had felt that excitement, the rush of power exchange, 
And Caleb was so powerful. His eyes unyielding, his confidence stark. I clamped my knees together to stem the pooling heat between my thighs, even as I felt a self-conscious flush rise into my cheeks. I shouldn't have said that. No, it's fine. drink, but only if you want. I'm only being attentive. The word sounds loaded, the way you say it. Maybe it is. Let's stop. I've done this dance once before. I know where this conversation is leading. Do you? You want to know if I'm interested in a sexual relationship with an uncommon dynamic, yes? I like how straightforward you are. And though I'd hardly intended to bring this up tonight, you are correct. I want to know why. How did you know? How did I know what? How did you know that I shared those proclivities? I didn't know for sure, and I would have worked toward asking you. But I've been doing this for a long time. I can usually spot a submissive. Well, what if you had been wrong? I was willing to take the risk to get to know you. I happen to find you captivating, Evie Dresden. But why? Your body is a treasure. Your trust, the key. Your eyes, the map. I can read your map. You don't need to do that. Do what? The overcompensating thing. I know I'm not Quasimodo. I'm not ringing church bells and hiding my face for fear of public safety, but the whole your body is a treasure bullshit is laying it on a little thick. Evie, you are a treasure, and anyone who's made you feel otherwise deserves a black eye and a shattered jaw. Well, you're a disarming sort of fellow, aren't you? It's been said. But that doesn't negate what you are. An intelligent, beautiful woman with much to offer any person, regardless of potential uncommon sexual dynamics. You barely know me. I know you're brave, even when bossy men try to white knight you in an intersection. I know you aren't afraid to apologize when you feel you've done something wrong. I know you like to be punctual, which, while fairly benign, indicates you respect other people's time as much as your own. You're witty and open and the customers at Fireside seem to adore you. They adore the legal stimulants I give them, especially since Natalie has made it a personal mission to burn every latte she makes. I think it's to shame people who don't drink black coffee. The people in your life love you. If I knew nothing else about you, that would be enough. They're always like this at first. Don't forget. Don't forget. I don't say things I don't mean. Thank you. You keep fidgeting. You notice that? Are you all right? I feel like I might spontaneously combust. And there is a distinct chance I've made a wet spot on the back of my dress. Are you wearing panties, Evie? Normally, I don't play without extensive discussion, but if you're willing, I'll make a minor exception tonight. All you have to do is say yes or no and I'll accept your answer. We'll have a nice dinner either way, and you can go home with or without this experience.
What would you like me to do, Mr. Finn? I want you to masturbate. What if the waiter comes back? What if he does? <laughs> you are in no way obligated to me, Evie. But if this excites you as much as it excites me, I'd love to sit here and watch you make yourself come. <laughs> yes or no, Evie? Say the word. Yes. Take off your panties. Give them to me. Slide them across the table. Thank you. Touch yourself. When my fingers found their destination, I nearly came out of my skin. It had been so long. I couldn't remember the last time I was so aroused. Are you wet? Dripping. I like that. Are you enjoying yourself? Do you want to stop? No, I, I don't want to stop. Then tell me how you like to touch yourself. I like to tease myself first. Gentle touches. A whisper, really. Just enough to make myself shake. Do it. <sighs> then what do you do? Do you touch your clitoris first? Or do you like to press your fingers deep inside your pussy? Both. Clitoris first, then. Make it wetter. Oh. Open your eyes. Look at me. Hmm? Are you green, Evie? Green? Green. Like go. I'm checking in. Have you never used the color system before? I'm green. Would you like to hear about me? Mm-hmm. Say the words, Evie. Yes, I would like to hear about you. I've found myself wondering several times today if I had restraints small enough to fit your wrists. They're uncommonly petite. I'd have to tie you quite tightly to ensure your comfort and safety. Do you prefer ropes or shackles? I... either? May I please use my other hand? <laughs> Good girl. Asking is always best. Slip two fingers inside. Only two. It's been a long time since I... Call your color, please. I'm green. I was very distracted today, thinking about your wrists, wondering if your ankles were similarly formed. If you agreed, I might have to obtain cuffs to suit your size. Would you like that? Answer me, and keep your eyes open. Yes, I would. Tell me what you do after you've teased yourself. I like... I like to ride my... Do it. It was never like this before. It was never like this before. It was never... You're close. Yes. You want to come. Yes. Now... I'd like to fuck you. Right now. I'd like to take you over this table fast and rough and deep until neither of us can breathe. 
I'm sorry, but my steak is overdone. Can I get... I can grab this whenever you're ready. I have to go. Evie, wait. Otherwise, you should know I will bludgeon you with my shower beer. Yeah, it's me. I'm tired, though. I'm going to go right to bed. Okay. Sleep tight. It was never like this before. It was never like this before. It was never like this. Podcast Episode 2 Mr. Darcy and His 900 Handkerchiefs. This episode of Podcast was adapted by Harper Mitchell, directed by Melissa Peterson, and engineered by Victor Peterson. Podcast is produced by Melissa and Victor Peterson. Additional production support provided by John Seward. Starring Janine D. Gardner as Evie Dresden, Warren Edwards as Caleb Finn. Stacey Garbarski as Tessa Flowers, H.J. Farr as Nat Wendell, Alyssa Stowe as The Hostess, Karen E. Horns as Ruthie Peregrine. Additional voices provided by Harper Mitchell and Victor Peterson. Foley and sound provided by Victor and Melissa Peterson, Heather Renkin, and John Seward. Original score composed and produced by Roxy Winter. Podcast is adapted from the novel Threshold by Harper Mitchell.